Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Cheers PA Beer Talk. I'm your host, Mike Lintel. Today, joining me, I'm very excited. We have Timothy White, who is the co-owner and operations manager at Harris Family Brewery in Harrisburg. There's a brewery in planning right now, but given their hustle, I have no doubt that we will be seeing the doors opening very soon. It's also Pennsylvania's very first Black-owned brewery, which is extremely important. So, Timothy, thank you for joining us today, and uh, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you. I first became aware of Harris Family Brewery when I read a story about your brew day with Trogues. That Black is Beautiful brown lager was exceptional. And so I want to know a little more about it. And that's where I stumbled across the story. Can you tell me what it was like, uh, in your words, that day as you were brewing the Troves? Amazing is an understatement. Us being so new in the industry, and I met John and his brother maybe like a short time before that, like a, a year before that. And we met at a uh, brewery conference. And it was huge and it was a whole bunch of people there and they were there. And I kind of just made my way across the room. Like, you know, I just wanted to say hi, shake his hand. And when I got over there, he had heard of us. So that was uh, <laughs> that had to floor you. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like these guys have been doing it for 20 years and to know who you are, just because I mean they keep pretty tight eye on their backyard. I mean, they know yeah. Harrisburg pretty well, but still right. you had to have stood up for a reason. Right. So we exchanged business cards. And he's like, email me, we'll set something up in our schedule. Well, the, the rest of that event goes by. And then the very next morning, eight o'clock in the morning, the first email of the day that I received was from him. It was a follow-up email saying like, you know, here's my schedule. Let's meet up. So ever, ever since then, me and him have been on a friendly, conversating, mentoring relationship. So that rolled into... As soon as the Black and Beautiful Beer announced, he was our first pick for who we wanted to join up with. So you get to this brewery and he gives us the grand tour again. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka's <laughs> Chocolate Factory. That's Man. I can't even, that is exactly the feeling. My brother-in-law did some of the piping in there. And so, and he would like send me pictures and I just like, how do you even know where that stuff goes? And like, yeah, yeah. And you wild, would think. Man. You would think that the place is like super tech up and there's a computer running everything, but it's really not. It's still semi, it's, it's on a massive scale, but yeah. it's still semi basic turning valves and taking temps and all Makes of that. The human element is still very much, you know, I feel yeah. like the further we get away from people actually making the beer, like you lose the art of that. You can tell a machine how to do something, but I mean, yeah. I can't. From, I t learned to brew from home brewing. I didn't go to school for this. Like I just like, and to right. me, that's the part that I love the most about beer and the beer industry and culture. Brewing is the time spent actually making the beer and seeing those changes happen. And it's just yeah. okay. and, and from every stage, from every stage, rubbing the hops together in your hand and sniffing them, and the way John knows how to take the regular human words that I use and turn <laughs> them into science and all types of stuff is amazing. And then that beer sold very well and quickly, even, you know, with the restrictions that we had last year, it did really good. It was uh, incredible. The lager, the lager is my favorite style of beer. Yes. And I just love how versatile it can be. 
you're on the right show, man. This this show is all about lager love. You know, the hazy <laughs> stuff and the hops. Like, like, yeah, I see the point of it. But for me, the beer that's like truly artful beer, the where you can't hide is the ones that are the most simple. And you don't yeah. get more simple in terms of an ingredient base than a lager. But from there, you can go so many different ways. And there's not many areas to hide flaws. So that's how you can, in my opinion, you can really tell who makes great beer and who is hiding behind adjuncts and flavors and hops and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate your lager love. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. No, you're the, fine. But the brown lager was exceptional. And what a nice choice too, because it seemed like a lot of people took that project and went completely big stouts. Everyone, let's yeah. do it. And yeah. those take time to develop where I appreciated someone making a beer that could come out in a can at a very important time for a very important project and yeah. be drank and enjoyed. Not something that's like, man, this would be so good in 12 months. Like, no, the conversation is now. We need a beer that's now. And then yeah. we can have that conversation again in 12 months because we need to keep having that conversation. So tell Absolutely. me about the importance of that specific nationwide project and why it was so important for you to not just do the one with Trope, but you did a couple different collaborations, correct? Yes, we did a couple different collaborations, and please don't ask me to list all of no, them. No, no, you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> Every day we turn on the news and social media, and these social issues are happening. Harris Family Brewery is not afraid to speak on them and everything. A lot of people get offended by this conversation, but it, it needs to happen. And what better time for it to happen than over a cold beer? So this initiative, the Black is Beautiful initiative, everyone locally thought that that was my label, my idea, my, no matter how many times I gave props to Texas and Weathered Souls and told people to look it up, people really thought that all of these beers were counterfeits of our beer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I have to constantly remind people that we are joining together in an initiative and brewing that beer for this conversation. And all our other beers were stout. So this one with Trogues was our time to flex out that variety a little bit. So I'm glad that it turned out so good. I even had a be I even had one of our collabs not work out and we had to cancel it. We we you know you had to throw the whole the whole batch out. It just didn't come to fruition with the flavors that we wanted it to. And then that calls for another brew day. So we just went back and, and, and hit it again. And that time it was successful. I just found it was uh, most likely because you have such a strong voice here locally and you're not afraid to have these conversations and put your name on it. When a lot of people, maybe they don't know how to have that conversation yeah. or they're afraid or whatever their yeah. issues are, going to have to deal with it because yeah. you know things are not changing. It's no. like, you can't ignore what is happening. You know, I yeah. grew up in the South and one day had my eyes open to, you know, I live in a different world than friends that I thought that, you know, we're all the same in this thing together. And it was not. And to me, it wasn't fair. And so from that point, I went on my own personal journey of self-discovery because it's my responsibility to make those conscious efforts and to learn along the way. It's not anybody else's responsibility. I mean, who ties your shoes? You tie your shoes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so if you are going to take responsibility for that, take responsibility for something even more important than making sure your footwear is tight, you know? Absolutely. Thank Great. you. And uh, I appreciate all that you do. You said your merchandise and your uh, your brewery, not afraid to speak your mind. And so I was uh, I was perusing because I'm obsessed with that 
glass, man. Proper glassware, yeah. so appreciated. <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice glass, and it yeah. is available on our website. Well, I still have a lot of them to sell. So good. Well, you're gonna need them because I assume as soon as you open that brewery, glassware kind of walks off, no matter where your brewery is at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a, a cabinet at home. I'm sure you got a few people's glasses at your house. Absolutely. Uh, I take it as an homage. I try to tip well and maybe leave with a glass, but I love those <laughs> days behind me. You know, those are younger days. I got a family now. I can't be catching a charge over pint glass. Uh, over no glassware. Yeah. We, yeah. Used to, we used to borrow people's really nice silverware every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chef out in Minneapolis who's like known for stealing spoons from people. And I'm like, why do y'all, like, you're celebrating this man and he is a serial spoon thief. Just walk <laughs> the place. And it's That's not like he's crazy. taking some cheap piece of cutlery. I mean, these places were. No, the good stuff. Yeah. And he's getting celebrated for it. Not yeah, fair. Not fair at all. Harris Family Brewery right now is still in our planning stages, still the licensing process. Need I say, like, it's hard yes, <laughs> to start a brewery. Yeah. Um, yeah. No matter who you are. And I work on it every day. I mean, I'm at my day job now. So, like, you still have to do that. Mm-hmm. I was a couple minutes late to this podcast because I had to hurry up and go pick up the kid from school, take him home. So it's like juggling being a, a father, a businessman, and a beer lover <laughs> is is pretty crazy every single day. We are slated to open our manufacturing facility this year and still planning out that tap room location. Just having fun doing it. Well, you said the key word for me, which is that manufacturing, because I am real excited to see, you know, when I first heard of the concept that you were approaching with, with the nano brewery and everything on site, I was like, that's great. But for me, I live almost to Maryland and to get up there with two young kids and just like, I was like, man, I'm going to, so I'm glad to hear that you're talking about manufacturing and getting it out into distribution uh, a little bit wider. I think that's going to be such a great thing for what you all are doing there and uh, what kind of uh, production space are you looking at? Is it going to be something that is uh, ready to go? You said this year. Yes. I'm, I'm still fundraising and to, to, to build our capacity because the, the scary thing about nano, which I'm super a fan of is supply and demand, like doing some market research off of how fast we sold 15 barrels of that Trogues beer, for example, my five-barrel nano system won't even be able to to put a dent in that type of supply and demand. So I'm I'm starting with a five-barrel system with dreams of jumping to a ten to a twenty-barrel system as soon as humanly possible, and then nope. yes, hit Harrisburg and then hit the highway as soon as we can. Get us into those those chains and those uh, distribution uh, channels is our goal. Well, if there's any way that the people can help you uh, with fundraising, please let them know. Uh, If not, we spent a lot of time on the future. I have some interest in the past because, you know, I said earlier, I'm home brewer uh, by hobby and take me back to that first brew day with Sean and this, the excitement in his eyes when he lured you in on that first, like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. I got a hobby. So I actually missed the first official brew. More or less, he came to me when he felt as though he had a product that I would be okay with drinking. So so where the point I came in is we used to throw cookouts every other weekend, every weekend, really. One day he gave me a Formula 58 is the name of the beer. Um, He gave me the first test batches of that in a dirty mason glass in a backyard. 
and I drank it. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good, but it wasn't that bad. Mm. And the ABVs was up there. It had a little punch on it, had some spice in there. And then we we knocked that whole six dole out, I think he made, that night. And then we literally talked all night drinking that um, first batch. I'm a serial entrepreneur. So as soon as I tasted it, I was like, yeah, we need to sell this tomorrow. Like, what, what, how does this work? And that's when he started explaining to me what knowledge he had of the system. Because he's he was homebrewing for about a year or two. And then I came in and I was like, oh, yeah, th- this is it. So, so Sean brings the homebrew. You bring the hustle. Together, <laughs> you put it together, and you start looking for a place. You're like, all right, we're doing this thing. Yep. Why was it so important that you kept it in the community of Harrisburg? Well, me and Sean are born and raised in Philadelphia. We're, we're both transplants to Harrisburg, but we've been here for a long time now. So it is our home. It is where we um, grew up, raised children, went to school, work, play. And we know how we have to drive so far to enjoy things. There's not a lot of great places to drink at in Harrisburg, to eat, to party. So... There has been a renaissance in Harrisburg in the last 10 years of those things. And Mm -hmm. and as soon as we were able to stake a flag saying this is what we what we want to do and what we want to represent. And by the way, I know everyone here. (laughs) I I, I live five minutes away. I work another five minutes away. We, We source our ingredients locally because agriculture is so big in Harrisburg and Lancaster and and all the surrounding areas. We're just really big on community. I've always believed that brewing is about community and the breweries that really have success are the ones that see the community as their most important resource. Because if they invest in that resource, whether it's by giving back, whether it's by just providing jobs or whatever you can do to help raise the profile of any community. Those are the breweries that really stand out as ones that have a passionate following. I mean, Trogues had to leave Harrisburg because they got so big for Harrisburg that they needed, you know, they had their eyes set on a whole Atlantic region, you know, and now it's even further out, but like, you know, so like they had big dreams and even they never, I, from what I've heard, thought their dream, you know, they would reach that you know spot. Absolutely. So Harrisburg has always been a very strong brewing community, mm-hmm. but it seemed to not you know be for all of Harrisburg. And so, like right. you look at kind of how you know I didn't grow up here. I moved here five years ago, so I've only known you know the last five years of what. Okay. I'm like, oh, Midtown. This place is kind of cool. You know. Yeah. I kicked it with Andrea from elementary, amazing people down there. And it's just, that's all I know of Harrisburg. And why? Because it's such a beautiful and historic city that's been one of the, you know, strongest places in the state from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It has the potential once again, but that redevelopment needs to be done reflecting of the community and not one that's just going to change the look of the community as money comes in. Because where I came from in Chicago that's kind of the neighborhood that, you know, I lived in. And I was like, what is going on here? This doesn't seem right that my neighbors now can't live here anymore because they can't afford yeah. what is coming in here. So yeah. it's like it really opened my eyes up to the the negative sides of redevelopment. Everyone's like, oh, development's great. You know, let's cl- spruce mm-hmm. it up, clean it up. Like, no, if it's, it's not done serious. with the intention of the community, 
then it's really just soulless profit grabbing. So I'm glad right. to hear someone that's got, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit and a dedication to the community, uh, not just with your brewery, but like the work that you do as you quote unquote day job. Yeah. I mean, you're doing some like Superman stuff out there, Timothy. And I got to yeah. say, that, well, keep it up then. Cause it's, <laughs> I mean, tremendous. I was glad to see how much money that the black is beautiful project raised for your organization, but also there's so much more work to be done. So by getting, like you said, planting that flag and getting Harris family brewery on a map, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that's going to be just another step forward in just that positive redevelopment. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And I love drinking at all our local breweries and traveling, I, I you know, getting into this industry, learning how many people beercation to different states and countries to drink has been mind-blowing. And then the beer community online, these groups, and um, the trading, and the, the can collecting, it's like, yo, you could go, you could talk for days on how big this industry really, really is. But also, how still so small it is, and how you can still bump into a person who, A, people will say they don't drink beer still, there's a lot of people who just don't drink beer. And I just had good beer, but that's just my that's, that's my follow-up to that because I said it for a very long time. Yeah. I, I used to say it all the time. Like, no, I don't drink beer. Beer's nasty. And then I learned about craft beer. So teaching our community the difference of, you know, craft beer versus cheap big beer. Well, providing is, that, bringing it into the community because it seems yeah. like, you know, it just kind of gets missed. Yeah. It does. It does. And advertising is key. The big, big beer has never advertised to the black community. Besides making Billy D the mascot for Colt 45 Mm. in the 60s or whenever he did that, um, he's still still the mascot. And shout out to Lando. He's the (laughs) man. But I'm just saying we need a little bit more than him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it may be something a little better than a malt liquor. It kind of, you know, you know like, <laughs> I mean, the palate doesn't have to be that nano. Like, can we stretch it out, man? Yeah. Um, so as you are looking at your opening, what beer are you most excited about for the people to try? You already mentioned Formula 58. Okay. All right. Now I'm, I'm excited to try that one. Is there anything else? Are you keeping it all pretty tight lit? Cause you know, you don't um, want people to start stealing your styles. I get it. <laughs> No, my partners will, they're conspiracy theorists. So yeah, they don't like me talking too much because every time we come up with an idea, we see it online a little while later. But I also am a and I'm a, a believer of not too many ideas are, are one-off. Everything's an inspiration of something else. So I say that to say we have a HFB lager that is one of our flagships. We have Formula 58. We have... A stout and a saison that are um, thank you kind of our flagship, and then we're gonna see what hits, what 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 goes from there. I've grown to love an IPA now. Um, I, I didn't drink IPAs in the beginning, but Sean won me over. I love sours. I was surprised that I like sours, but so complex people, and like people they- are making some good <laughs> beer. It's Making those things work for you. I mean, there it's incredible what the developing depths and flavors, and then the blending from barrel to barrel, and what you can do—it's uh, exceptional. 
You know, I mean, it's akin to winemaking and some of the things, yeah. that, you know, where you're developing body and structure as well as tannin profile and acidity. It's just like, how the hell did you do this? Right, right. Um, and I, I don't even want to begin to know how they do it. I just want to be, be the enjoyer of it every time I get a chance. I love celebrating other breweries. Like, I, no hating over here. Like, we, we're showing all the love. People have, have reached out to us and um, offer their their help in our process. Bootstrapping a brewery is is hard, depressing, <laughs> and and it's a roller coaster. So we're we're still making it happen. I have no doubt, man. You got to just uh, stay on that path. You have uh, already come so far, and it's so inspirational. That, you know the work that you're doing. Uh, in both of your jobs. And so I commend you for all of that. I'm really excited to uh, to drink that beer. And I can't believe you got the old Zero Day bar. So I'm excited to get reunited with that piece of uh, familiar <laughs> equipment. Uh, there's is, a lot of stories in that one, I'm sure. Yeah, it is sitting, it's sitting in the garage waiting to be put back together. But yeah, how cool was that? Like for them guys to call Amazing. me and say, hey, you know, you're interested in this. We're about to throw it out. Um, and I, I, I ran over there, picked that puppy up so quick because I just want some of the good luck that that rubbed off of that. Their mm-hmm. business structure, how they started in Midtown, they're still in Midtown. But I think within ten years, they're working on their third location. Mm-hmm. Um, they just grew their capacity double. And they're just good people. They're like, good people that brewed yeah. for their community. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they they invested in in the community that as it was redeveloping. But now you look out, you guys are the next step in that development. So if it can be done by people who care about the community, and mm-hmm. we can continue just replicate the same stuff because Harrisburg yeah. has that community that cares about beer and what they're doing with Harrisburg Beer Week and how they're so committed to. River Rescue, I mean, this, like, there is a strong brewing culture in South Central Pennsylvania, and I'm excited for what y'all are going to bring to that because I have no doubt it's going to be Saisons and Lagers. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, tell me your flagships. Uh, Stout, Saisons, and Lagers. That's all I need. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> you can have a whole different engine for the hobby stuff. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be great. Well, and we there, were, uh, there's some big names coming out of Philadelphia soon in the black bear community so that's great pittsburgh is right behind that yeah didn't y'all do something with two locals yes we did Dude, a uh, collab those guys i'm locals. real excited to get my hands on some two locals because yeah they've got some beer in cans now so um look into that i haven't tasted it yet but i'm working on it well might need to we should we should look up offline maybe we should uh try to figure yeah. out a way to you were talking <laughs> about those trades earlier we can uh, make something happen right 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 that sounds good, man. That sounds real good. Uh, Timothy, I appreciate your time today. I'm very excited for your opening. Please let people know where they can find the latest information, uh, social channels, any of that kind of stuff you want to promote here. Our website is harrisfamilybrewery.com. We're very heavy on Instagram. Once again, Harris Family Brewery and Facebook. We communicate daily with people um, buying a shirt, buying a glass. I'm thinking about restarting our uh gofundme people just keep asking me every day that you know how can they help and i don't want there to be no answer to that i need i need need to be an answer to that so um keeping that door open for our community to support us 
is is amazing. Not only have I been shown love to everyone in the States, but when you get a message from somebody in the UK, when you, you get a message from someone across seas, it's like, wow, we're, we're, we're so honored to be a part of this industry and loving every bit of it. But that's how you can support us. Grab a shirt, grab a glass, and do what you can. You got it. That merch spot is loaded up and ready for y'all. So check it out. Keep an eye on Harris Family Brewery. You're not going to want to miss it. We want to thank Timothy White once again for joining us today, co-owner and operations manager for Harris Family Brewery. Thank you very much, Timothy. Thank you. And now we have a, uh, a brief review of this month's uh, beer of the month. Uh, we're going to be highlighting Conchahawken Brewing's Puddler's Row. Uh, it's an ESB, uh, which is notable that this is the only beer uh, that they have made continually since the day they opened. Uh, it's a two-time World Beer Cup silver medalist for an ESB as well as uh, just a phenomenal beer. So if you like something that's malty, it's coffee, it's got a little bit of richness to it, uh, but not a ton of ABV, lighter body than you know your typical stouts and porters, 5.4% ABV, you're going to want to check out Puddler's Row. Great beer for the upcoming warmer months. You're going to want to check it out at Wise Markets or anywhere else you can find it in 16-ounce four-packs. Thank you very much again to Harris Family Brewery and Timothy White for joining us today. That'll do it for us here. We'll see you again next time.